Hello, racing fans. Edison Hatter back for another episode of First Over with Edison Hatter for some Meadowlands racing this weekend. Uh, we have Friday, December 16th, Saturday, December 17th. We'll discuss both the Friday and the Saturday cards. We'll get into why on that in just a moment. But first, I welcome in my usual two co-hosts here. Mike Proposi, who did a great job hosting for me last week while I was in Arizona. Mike, welcome. It's weird. I, I was wondering how you were going to do the open, uh, but <laughs> I guess it's just old hat. <laughs> And we've got Ray Catolo as always. Ray, fresh from his uh, Rosecroft duties last week. Actually, Rosecroft and Freehold duties last week. Yeah, and you know, I, I can sense that you kind of took a page out of Mike's book from last week's episode of how you're starting the show. So, um, Mike, I think you did a great job on finding a good structure. Um, and I think you're going to really help Ed learn a lot. <laughs> You know, I, I know she listens to it because we talked about this on set, so I know she's listening to this right now. So I'm going to just point out that, Mike, you must have done a really good job because if you didn't notice, we got a lot of mentions on the Meadowlands simulcast feed last weekend, and I'm continuing to, uh, you know, bust Dave Little and, and Jess Gotten here for how much they seem to love the shows that I wasn't on. So I guess that's kudos to you, Mike. I love it. I, I love the love. I, I was so happy whenever I heard you know, all that coming out over the broadcast. I just It was just huge smiles. I couldn't believe it. But to be fair, great credit as well to the guest, Mike, that you got last week. I think Don Tiger was uh, in a great uh, choice of uh, guests to have on the show and uh, very insightful information for him. So we will look forward to maybe having him back on sometimes in the future, especially towards next summer for some of the big days. I think we'll have his son on, too, because he, he sounded like he wanted to he had something to say. There in the oh, background. I, I, thought that was, I thought that was you in the background, Ray. Uh, that wasn't you with the microwave and, and the vein. Uh, uh, no, I, I had eaten beforehand, but all of my crying was done on Saturday night when I went for everything <laughs> well it turns out a lot of people went over everything saturday and that is why we are going to discuss some friday racing this time so this is friday december 16th we have a pick five carryover races one through five forty seven thousand one hundred ninety nine dollars and forty two cents free program pages available playmetallands.com uh ken's thoughts are on that website ken worked in our track announcers thoughts as well as my race reviews they just got posted today for each and every horse on the program on Friday. So uh, definitely some good information for you to prepare yourself for this weekend. Now, other information to prepare ourselves for this weekend, I will toss to Ray Catolo, although ironically I'm the one that kind of works up there, so I probably should know it better than you, Ray, for my travel arrangements. But weather this weekend, what do we have? Yeah, so Friday what we're looking at is rain through the day. From what I read, it was projected at a quarter inch, so we can expect a decent amount of moisture in the track, even when it tapers into the night. So there will be like subsiding showers, but enough rain in the ground that likely we start sloppy, and then maybe we there's a chance the, the card could end fast, but pro projecting some kind of off track and then on top of that about 10 mile per hour winds from the west northwest which would be a stretch tailwind backstretch headwind potentially meaning we might not see a whole ton of action up the backstretch maybe more kind of boat racy setups but of course you know even even on these winter nights it can be going 80 miles per hour head there could be an 80 mile per hour headwind and a horse could come flying from the back uh there, there's no guarantees on any of this well, Mike, last time we saw weather like this, it was Friday, November 11th. And I remember because the next Friday on FanDuel TV, I kind of called it Bet Back Friday because we really saw nothing on the lead in those similar conditions that Friday night get the job done. So should betters maybe start thinking that direction here? Or is it something we just got to wait and see what it looks like in that first race? At which point, obviously, unfortunately for the pick five, it's obviously too late to get any more bets in. But 
I would not uh, try to determine any sort of track, the way the track is going to be playing or any sort of, you know, front end or back end or any sort of bias until I started to watch a few races and, and let the track tell me, I don't want any preconceived notions. I'm going to play for even racing. I'm going to play for uh, the, the best horses winning. Uh, I'm not going to get sucked into anything, any narrative like that, because I think it's just impossible to determine. It's just a guessing game. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Um, and definitely, obviously, uh, you know, maybe later on the card when we get to those pick four sequences and whatnot on Friday night, it might be something we can read into. But for this pick five, I think you're right. Since this race is one through five, we got to go right into it and just, uh, you know, go with what I think you said it right there. Just find what we believe are the best horses, the horses that can win and go from there. And with that said, let's give out some of those horses we think can win. So again, over $47,000, 20 cent base wager, 15% takeout races one through five. Race one kicks it off. Phillies and Mayor is now winners of 5,000 on the pace. We have a field of 10 in here. And uh, let's see. I'll try to do a good job this time with driver choices. Scott Zeron took the six over the one. Corey Callahan had his choice of three. Went with the four over the seven and the eight. And Dexter Dunn took the 10 over the nine. And I think I'm, I'm going to proudly, humbly brag about myself that I think I correctly predicted most driver changes on this uh, program. So I'm finally getting good at it what they'll select. But uh, Ray, how do you start this pick five? Uh, that's, that's cool. I'll make sure that I owe you one pat on the back in the future. I am structuring my ticket anchored on a single later in the sequence. So with that, I have some allowance to spread. And this race seems viable for some kind of ripe opportunity simply because there's not a single standout. All these are horses. This is a race anyone can win, but I don't think it warrants taking the all button. There's still some logic that can go into finding who might emerge on top. Like, you beta rock might be able to come onto the track first time off the six scratch and pick up where she left off after she won at 38 to one then 43 to one on this track last month. And then just had that one off night before the six scratch gets a great draw is most likely going to be in a good position. And it's just going to be about whether or not she's up for it. Rabble didn't have that bad a race. I was surprised how empty this horse was in the stretch. Cause coming off the turn, I just kept saying to myself, Brett's loaded, Brett's loaded, Brett's loaded, but he kept, holding her back, holding her back. So I'm going to reuse her thinking that maybe he might have been a bit too aggressive in trying to keep her on cover instead of letting her roll. There's certainly some kind of ability there, and she she might be an okay price. I don't know. They don't like to bet Beckwith, but uh, like I said, if you watched that race last week and then two weeks ago, it's hard for me to see how she's anywhere higher than the 12-1 to 1 last time. Cash roll's interesting for me because she's probably the lowest price of all of the horses I use, and she... She should be closer than she was last time when she finished second just by a head. I remember Rallis, John Rallis was really high on this horse in that race and then was real upset that she missed by just that much because she almost overcame all of that. So in, in the fact with the fact that she almost got up from that far back, I have to think that maybe she can handle the step up in class fairly simply since also, like I said, I don't like a bunch of these horses. That's incredible I use because that Saratoga and Plainridge form seems a little sneaky. This is a horse that can get off the gate and I imagine Bongiorno will potentially put this horse into play and then it's just about how she gets positioned. She's going to be an okay price and so it, again, in a race like this, it's kind of a who's in the best place to strike versus who's the best horse. And I, Ivory Hanover I also use just because that Mohawk form does fit, even though she's a three-year-old racing against older horses. That first 
race back down south here at Yonkers isn't terrible. She's probably going to take to the bigger track much more nicely. But the one downside is Dexter Dunn's choice outside post, only three wins from 31 stars. There's a chance that this horse might not really be that great of value. But I also, you know, at the same time, recognize that coming from the Clark Bealby barn into Jeff Colifer's barn, she probably has a lot of upside and may be able to strike at second try. So first leg, I'm spreading five deep, two, three, six, eight, and ten. I'm almost concerned how similar of analysis I have to Regatolo. The universe doesn't usually align well when we have that similar. Well, it's because, Ed, you're slowly figuring out how to do this correctly. And I I, honestly, I'm proud that osmosis is functioning as strongly as it is with you. Uh, Mike, what do you have for this race? A couple of things. uh, The last time that there was a pick five carryover and there were several days to promote it, I I think that they bet 350,000 into it. Uh, that might have been a pick four, but either way, this is going to be a big pool, right? Because they've had time to build it up. They have a, a really good sequence here, I believe, that is going to – it lends itself to spreading out a little bit. And and uh, there's going to be a lot of people in this pool. So I think that that is something that needs to be talked about and discussed. Uh, this is a spread race for me also. I, I, I find it very impossible. I know that Rollis likes cash roll again. Second time Lasix, the horse dropped time getting Lasix from a really tough spot. And six to one morning line, I think, is probably a bit high. I think should be much lower. Uh, whereas the three to one on the three, even though I think the horse is a use, probably I think will end up being that horse will go off a, a bit higher here. Does move inside, did chase a fast pace last time, but just like Ray said, was never really able to kind of get room and really able to show what she could do. So I think that she's a use. The four is interesting to me only because Callahan picked here. The horse needs a wake up, but I think has braced well against better, has made money the last couple years. So I, I would use that one. The five, same thing. Sneaky lines, outside posts, uh, doesn't win much. But in a race that I think is difficult to discern how the trip is going to go for anything, and there's a lot of closers I think that this is a horse that really could blow up this ticket early and just has just as much chance as any of them. And then the eight, that's incredible. Like Ray said, a sneaky form from outside uh, this racetrack, that Saratoga race, just throw that out last time from the eight hole total pitch prior to that had a rough trip on December the 5th has been facing those upper level conditions at those places. I do not want Ivory Hanover in this race. I feel like that she could beat me. It's a three-year-old Philly. Those numbers of two at Mohawk aren't the top ones. This horse is three for 31. If you watch that Yonkers race, the horse was even money, was sitting fourth on the rail, kind of got off the rail to try to make a move, ended up in the middle of the racetrack. A horse shot up underneath her in that race, and then she sort of had no chance. So I think she's going to take money off that line. Uh, I just, from the 10 hole, getting back to the big track, has some very marginal dates. I mean, one race... In five, six weeks, I just, I don't know. I think an underlay. So I was three, four, three, four, five, six, and eight. Two other interesting, since you were talking about the pick five, uh, Mike, if we get around $350,000, that would make the essential takeout probably around one to 2% of this bet. Cause it's around, so we have a $47,000 carryover and it's about, it's what 15% takeout. Yeah. So yeah. then we're, we're getting, if anything, if it gets under that, we're looking at, Minus takeout, which is incredible value, but even then, still 
only about one-ish percent from that large a pool. It's a fruitful opportunity. On top of also when they were going into the fifth race on Saturday, there was only one horse that could spur a carryover, <laughs> and that horse won. So uh, let's see. Math major Remy did it quickly here. Three hundred, three hundred, three hundred and fourteen thousand six hundred and thirteen dollars is bet into the pool. If there's more than that, then there will be takeout in this wager. But I think that's a fair number. Three hundred fourteen thousand. So if that's what's bet into this pool exactly, there will be zero percent takeout. And right, Ray, anything less than that is going to be a uh, negative takeout. You, you know what I'm trying to say here. So uh, yeah, that, that's a cool party trick. Can you do bar mitzvahs? <laughs> so that for sure provides a great betting opportunity on this sequence for sure. And as you've heard us discuss on this first race, and we still have four more to go, it's a wide open sequence. Um, and obviously handicappers will have different opinions. And Mike, I will have a different opinion than you. The one horse that I like on top here is the 10 Ivory Hanover. Um, you know, I think the non-horse to a Mohawk, like you said, maybe not the best, but I think she does prefer that big track. We saw her do it from outside post there, post eight, post nine, post 10. So whatever, give her an outside post again. And, you know, I've got the opinion that you kind of mentioned last on that last race. And I think you're right. It'll probably cause her to take maybe a little bit too much money as a result, especially second time out here for uh, the Jeff Culler for Barn and with Dexter Dunn selecting. But, uh, you know, she was forced probably about, in the, well, John Hearn and tracking out just that five or six path for her around the half mile pole with that breaker in front of her, the four there, horse pulling and going on a break there. And the two also caused a bit of confusion. And there was a lot of interference in that field in general. And then, she just kind of dropped back to the rail and just never really got back into a better never gear. Never so, right in that race. Not so a bit. I'm willing to give her another chance there. I really did like her quite a bit. Uh, the two You Better Rock I liked. The three Rabel I used. And the other one I liked was the seven Bad Mrs. Johnson, who's also taking the drop down in class here uh, tonight. But uh, with regards to the line, just because I know, Mike, you were mentioning it there. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Cash roll probably takes more money, especially the second Lasix. But what I do notice is, just purely from a morning line perspective, regardless of our handicapping feelings on it, they like to bet the horses that haven't been seen this low in a while on the page, if that makes sense. So, like, you better rock. We saw against Nonwords of 3,004 starts ago, so they won't like that one as heavily on the drop, from my experience thus far, which is very limited, to the three who shows Nonwords of 14,000, 11,000, 10,000, 7,000, now finally down to Nonwords of 5,000, in kind of similar form with Woodmere Harriet, who's gone Nonwords of 14,000, 11,000, 7,000, now 5,000. So, just my two cents. But, Anyway, for me, two, three, seven, ten. I'll go four deep to start it off. As we go to race two, we got Trotters, non-winners of five thousand in their last five for a purse of ten thousand five hundred. Mike, we will start with you this time. Where did you go? So I think it's hard to take outside posts in some of these lower level trotting races, but I, I found myself looking at this race and, and seeing that the outside three horses I I do believe have the best chance to win because they have the most class. They have the you know the top drivers. Um, so I think that the outside three are going to be very tough in the race. Batista is a Woodbine Mohawk horse. Very familiar with him. He finds himself down here now. I know he's been here for a little while, but he's a speed type. He likes to get up up close and and sort of gut it out. He's willing to fight you for it, and. I do believe that he's going to be up close again. Um, I, here's a driver switch. Bongiorno's very, I think, aggressive from the gate. So I believe that he's going to be in the race early, ex- especially with some of these horses inside him. I, I would expect that him to be aggressive. So I think he's a use. CC Bank, you get Dexter Dunn. The horse is shipping from Saratoga. If you look back to that November 18th line here, uh, raced really well. At 5-1, to one, kicked 28-1 in that spot. Those last two lines, I'm really... I feel like they're trouble lines. 
I'm not that interested in them. I will forgive the horse from those lines and and use and then refi. I, I think that refi gets back to the bigger track. Last time was okay. Uh, had the nine hole, really just was raced for luck, sat back, had forward momentum in the stretch, has won 15 races the last two years. So he's another horse that spent a lot of time in Canada, uh, 115 starts, lifetime, definitely capable at this level. I'll throw him one more in the five, hunting, uh, just off that race to Nylander last time. This horse drops way back and typically makes a move. With all the outside horses kind of mixing it up, uh, this horse could get a trip. I don't know if he gets there, but I, I sort of don't want to lose to him, With especially moving inside. I'll use him also. So I'm 5, 8, 9, and 10. That horse can beat me as much as he wants. He can, though. I, I'm not using hunting. That's what the people want to know, Ed. I'm not using hunting in this spot. I'm also not using refi, but I don't think you that should, horse... No, 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 no. I would not say I'd let that horse beat me, Mike, because there is not a universe that horse beats me. I am that confident in it. Okay. I think those other two stand a nice chance, though. Bautista and CC Bank. Bautista, as you said, is most likely going to be put into play in some shape or form, and I'll class-wise fits into this group. CC Bank does as well. You throw that last line out at Saratoga. This horse has raced okay here at the Meadowlands and now gets done. So Dunn will put this horse wherever he needs to be. The only other horse, <laughs> it's kind of, you might think it's dumb. I, I, I think it's cautionary. I use the two Fitbit. I, I feel like we re- First, I know we see Ridu Carlton and go, eh, these horses are, you know, they they aren't Meadowlands horses, but some something about this one is sneaky to me. I, I watch these horses race week after week, uh, especially those those top class horses in the preferred. And Fitbit isn't too terrible. An interesting acquisition here for Burke particularly. And on top of that, you could also see that moving from that preferred to the numbers of 5,000 as a lateral move, if anything. It might even be like a... A slight class drop, depending on what. 5, I think this, this numbers of five thousand came up very tough for a numbers of five thousand with those with two of those outside three. Because again, refi can't win, but those other two certainly can. And I also recognize that Fitbit might be ready to go first time for Burke because typically they are. And maybe you get an okay price because it's a shipper from most people at, at the track were going Ridka. They don't come from Ridka. I don't know what Ridka is. It's well, in Ray, Ottawa, by the way. Well, Ray, maybe it's a good, bad. I don't know what it means, but at least you're on the same page as me. That uh, I thought Fitbit was sneakily going to take some too. That's why he's nine to two on the line, by the way. If that changes your life opinion on things, but uh, nah. Um, Mike, I guess my question for you is because I'm torn on Refi. I have him as the fourth program selection. I'll use him underneath, but I did not use him on this pick five take. My question for you, Mike, is what? Even with the class drop, do you really expect a different trip than last time? Isn't it going to be basically the same as you say it? Race for luck from last time. This horse has more speed than these lines indicate and is capable of getting away from the gate. This horse could be top four early, especially if you look back, those open handicap races at the Meadows, those are very tough races. I mean, any of those horses would be favored in here. This horse has a lot of back class, uh, likes to win, has raced at upper levels, especially on bigger tracks at Mohawk. I'd like that this uh, last time I, I think was a prep to me. The horse was off almost a month. Uh, was sat back and had forward momentum in the stretch. I expect much, much better. A really a, a big try from Refi here. He would be my top pick. Even from the only reason why I don't have him is because of the post. If had he drawn anywhere else on the gate, I would consider. I think that 
being that far outside is just too much of a disadvantage. I think that's what I perceive with him as well. That's why I used him underneath. I think he could definitely come and ca- catch a piece of it in the end. But uh, on top, I think I choose against. I, I think he's a similar tale to me to Hunting Oz, who I do use on this ticket, who I was maybe stupidly on the last two starts when he had those outside posts. Now he draws post five. That's probably when I want him, right? So I'm kind of thinking the same with Refi is, you know, I'll keep it in the back of my head. I probably want him at this level at some point, but I don't think it's tonight for post 10. So I'll go two, five, eight, um, which I think is a three we've already discussed here. Uh, Fitbit, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by this one. Uh, first time here for Burke, Yannick uh, picks it up. Uh, Yannick also co-owns this one as well, by the way. Um, and uh, this one comes from that preferred at Rideau. And I'm with you, Ray. I mean, I, you know, where that class measures up, I guess we'll have to see, but I think he Black Tie Bash and CU, man, they aren't, they aren't slouches of horses. They could compete here. And they are. I, I, agree I don't want so. Rideau shippers going anywhere, especially here. No, thank you. No, no, well, I, it's I okay. When you are knocked out of the ticket, Ed and I might think about throwing you some bucks, so... Gosh, that, that's a word I never thought we'd say together. Ray and I agreeing this much on something. Well, I'm assuming you have all of the horses I have in the next three legs. Because if you don't, Ed, I, I, I'm sorry. You're not getting a dime. I'm paying Mike before I pay you. We'll find out. But it, it's Fitbit for me as well. Hunting Oz, I do like. You, you'll go against that one though, Ray. But Baltista's the other one I'll use here. In fact, you know, if I play multiple tickets, which I probably will as a general strategy, I think, you know, Ray, I know <laughs> I like your single a good bit that I know is coming up a little bit later. But Baltista might actually get a single on a couple of my tickets to play a couple of combinations around him. I, I really think on this class drop here, uh, I do like him quite a bit here. Joe Bongiorno, of course, uh, probably going to get him off the gate. My well. only thing with that, the best horse. Wait, Bautista was odds on in that race at Philly. When you're odds on on the lead and you give way to Sylvester America, I can't single you. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> I, I can't. I should have further research researched on this to be honest admittedly but i'm pretty confident if i remember because i was watching that card last friday at philly wasn't that one of those days where nothing was winning on the lead at philly i'm pretty sure it's possible like th- those are like one in three days at that track <laughs> <laughs> that is why i would choose to be more forgiving there admittedly i'm sorry i probably should have done my further homework on that but i'm pretty confident that was one of those days, and that's why well, I'm willing to kind of be more forgiving towards if that. that. If that doesn't tell you anything, Ed, this horse was third to Tacoa Falls, so that also tells you not necessarily a reliable single in this well, spot. Well, I, to be fair, again, we've discussed that. I don't think there's really any reliable singles. I think it's that tough of a sequence. But either way, 258. Uh, no, there, there's a reliable one. We'll get to it. Maybe leaning towards the eight in some of those races. We'll get to uh, it. As we go to race number three, Phillies and Mares, nominers of 3,000 in the last five on the pace. A purse of 9,000. We have a field of 10 in here. Um, we did have a late scratch, but I'm sure no one's using the proof program. So whatever your program has is probably correct. Nine horse should be cool in calculating N, which I'm sure anyone listening and following along at home, that program has that. Um, so with that said, Mike, who did you use in here? Um, I only have three in here. I wasn't going to use Little Honey Badger just because he had such a perfect trip last time and still found a way to lose that race. But I didn't mind Lady Rock and Roll in there. That's a fast race. That was a, a 51 and 4 mile. And you don't really see anything else like that on this page. So I do feel that this horse is probably going to be sub 2 to 1 in here. Draws well. It's going to be up close again. Uh, hard, hard to fault, especially after those two outside posts moved inside and, and now raced you know well with that inside post. The problem is is really hasn't won in, in quite a bit. So... Uh, I use, I think I'll use that one, but I'm going to use two others. The six, uh, Paramary. This is a horse that won coming out of Vernon on December the 9th. Now, albeit versus lesser horses, but outside post, got the front, took care of business. Now steps up, but Yonick Sticks is probably going to be up close again and should get a similar trip. Probably needs to get faster to win, 
but I think is, you know, has the confidence to be able to beat these horses. And then the seven Corsini, uh, had a, a first up tough trip at Yonkers on December the 8th. Seems to race okay on uh, the big track. I do feel like that this horse needs to get a trip in this race, but there is some speed. If they do mix it up, I feel like this horse could benefit, especially off a trip. So I was 267. I'm surprised you don't like Sherry more. I don't. No, I don't. I don't want horses out of those 14 claimers. The horse missed a month. Um, yeah, some uh, like Furiosa and things like that. Those horses would get nothing in this race. Huh, interesting. I I don't mind her uh, typically because this is also the time of year. Osceolo's barn will gather steam, and they gather steam particularly in these lower level events. Yeah. I, I I don't know how uh, a thirteen claimer won't rank with the bottom rung actually this isn't the bottom rung anymore because they have the track master 74 now so the penultimate bottom rung using ed's favorite word there uh i have a hard time seeing sherry Moore not being able to fit in some capacity and maybe you know maybe i get a bit of a bad price because uh, with zeron on board maybe people over bet the back-to-back wins from those levels or may or maybe i'm right and this horse is okay value in the sequence i'm not sure i agree with little honey badger i don't think you should really discredit her for finishing second in that fast a mile, having to give chase to that fast of fractions too. Uh, you can certainly critique her for the fact that she consistently is getting into the mix late and then just not finishing the job second by a head on the 11th, second by a half length on the 18th, second by a half length last week. But it's it's too good of a draw. And we know, even though Estrada's won for 26 so far this meet, we know that these are the kinds of classes that his barn thrives in. So with that draw, it's it's hard to not think Little Honey Badger's a viable contender. Dandy Idea is interesting for me. I, I like this horse in the same way you like Pura Mary, Mike. Uh, just kind of sat off the speed, gathered horses in against Weaker, has some form in the GSYs. Like, I like the fact that this horse parked into a 55-mile, and even though he dropped anchor, or she dropped anchor, just because... Even though we're seeing those slow races from her, it makes me think she has some she has some level of speed Did to you provide. Watch that replay though. Did you watch that race? Tell me what you saw in that race. Okay, so that was the ultimate uh drive there. Like he sat completely as the favorite. They all went crazy up in front of him, and then he somehow slipped through to win in a race that anything could have won. I just I really I didn't want that horse off that line. That's oh. all. That's the only reason I didn't like her. I don't know. I, I I even see how she raced at Freehold. I I don't I don't mind horses like this, especially at this level. And Sheridan's another one that I kind of like in these spots. Uh, I mean, sure, Dunn's other choices were uh, two Rosecroft horses that I don't use. So maybe Dandy Idea was just the the best shot he had. I I think the horse stands some kind of chance. Odds on Gamma as well. This one is in, is also intriguing to me because she tried to get put into play on the second but then broke stride when trying to leave. So it's a question of whether Luna is going to you know, try and go for a more conservative trip to ensure she has clean lines and doesn't have to qualify, or if maybe it was just, you know, fluke, horse took a bad step, we're going again, because this one is bred too well to not, to be in this spot. And may- maybe that's not necessarily much of an angle, but at the very least, I know people aren't going to bet Marvin Luna I know Marvin Luna can drive just like the best, but I saw him win at Freehold. I think I think he can handle a spot like this. So I'm gonna go one, two, four, eight here. Uh, this is another this is another race where I I could understand taking like the six and the seven, but uh, those, those are horses that I will say 
I'll let beat me. I think they could beat me, but I'll let them. Um, one one two seven for me here. So once again, Ray and I are agreeing way too much more than we probably should be. Uh, I I do prefer Puri Pure Mary more than Dandy Idea though. I, that's the one I threw in for fourth. But um, what I will say, and I was gonna say, Ray, I thought I had insightful. Unique information here, but I forgot you called last Saturday. So Marvin Luna, I believe, is 20, 21 years old. And yeah. uh, very nice guy, by the way. Introduced himself to us all down in the racing office a couple weeks ago. But um, you know what? From the limited number of drives we've seen in Freehold so far, including especially I was going to hint to the one we saw last Saturday, Ray, that I guess you and I both saw. That was a pretty good drive there. So, I, you know, I had to make a made one line just because, you know, morning line's the morning line. I don't necessarily think they're going to bet him. But I don't necessarily have too many concerns about him driving in a spot like this. Um, you know, so I think that's something to consider with that horse. And I almost well, – Remember, too – I, I he, don't love the horse really more than I just like him, you know. Remember, too, he works for Alanya. And so during yeah, yeah. the Kentucky Championship Series season, he's down – Luna's down there driving a lot of Alanya's horses, too. So he, he's he's put some miles in. That he has, and um, so I, you know, we'll see how well the public acknowledges that tomorrow when it comes to this race. But uh, one, two, seven for me, little honey badger. I've been chasing forever. I mean, you know, so at some point she owes me, so I can't let her beat me. <laughs> um, I, I, I agree with Ray. God, another saying it again here tonight. Sherry Moore, yeah, I mean, come on, thirty thousand dollar claimers, but it's, it's got to match up something here. I mean, off the of six scratch, been off a month. That part's not great, but draws well. Ten wins this year. I mean, I got to use and Corsini. Yeah, I mean, you know, it looks to be. A drop down from what you've seen in recent times, um, you know, gets Joe Bongiorno here. Again, I know she's shown some speed in the past, so hopefully she can show some a bit here tonight. Four wins on the year, but, again, there's not really a whole lot in this race that necessarily has more than that either. So uh, that is one there. But, uh, Ray, so one, two, seven for me. But, Ray, come on. The Nia Fireshine, come on. I can hear Pete Hanley listening to this and so disappointed you don't give any love to his Rosecroft horses. Uh, yeah, and you don't give enough love to them either because you forgot Thania is also in this race. So I'm not necessarily the only one doing something wrong here, am I? We'll flip to race four here. Uh, it's non-winners of 7,500 in their last five starts. It's on the trot for a purse of 12,500. And uh, all right, Ray Catolo, hit us with the single. <sighs> so, look, I, I will preface by saying I do see other viable contenders in this race, but they're only viable in that when I lay out how horses could settle into trips and stuff like that i could see certain trips that unfold delta sun could very well do the delta sun thing of i'm gonna go to the front and everyone's gonna let me go a 57 half for some reason i'm gonna go wee bye bye but he's a nine-year-old and he hasn't really been able to pull that trick off the same way that he did when he was in the andrew harris barn i believe that was 2020 maybe even into 2021 so i'm gonna i'm gonna toss that possibly out the window fix it up could possibly sit close and pounce late like he did on november 4th but also those last two starts are such clunkers maybe you could argue that last start from the 10 hole was a bit of a revamping to get back into form but i'm gonna go no i don't think this horse can do it toss casino cutie fits this level but usually just gets checks doesn't win toss hockey hanover can also do the same thing delta sun does go to the lead roll the difference is now that he's seven he hasn't been showing any signs that he can pull that off anymore and on top of that with a pace factor like delta sun in this race one of them's got to try it and the other one's going to try it too that doesn't bode well for either of them out this all means in a process of elimination there's one horse who's been showing some decent form that I feel in this sequence is a reliable anchor to allow me to cost-effectively spread and search for better value in the remaining legs. That horse, Romantic Warrior, the three. Sure, this horse lost to a 70-to-1 shot, 
last week that had a good trip, hit its best stride in, in the in the final yards and stuff. But you know the the winds were weird. You don't know how that affects how a horse finishes, and to the degree of a head. I'm willing to say, you know, I'm going to give this horse a second chance. That trip he got two weeks ago uh, in the Nowers of 5,000, albeit a perfect trip, still beat a horse like Nylander, who we saw how that horse uncorked on, I believe it was Friday night. Got whatever it takes as an all right horse, too, who is in this race. But, you know, he, he's got his quirks, as we all know as well. Romantic Warrior has just drawn a spot where he can he can make amends for just missing to a long shot last week and also spurring this carryover to begin with, and play hero in that way for me to sit a similar trip to he did two weeks ago, finish the job, and prove that, you know, it wasn't a fluke two weeks back, and it was just a little hiccup that he didn't get there in time in the stretch last week. Maybe you'll have the winds propelling him down the stretch off his back to put in a 27-second final quarter. You know, so in terms of probability, Romantic Warrior has the best chance of being the has the best chance of delivering as the single versus other horses I like in this sequence. And therefore, so I can try and get some value on a lucrative pick five sequence. I'm singling. I will go, you know what? I'm on similar thought process as you Ray, although I will use three in the race. Uh, Romantic warrior, definitely a use, but then I got to use two class horses that let's be real on their top of their game, which admittedly they are not right now. They could crush this field. It'd be hockey hand over a Delta sun. And the possibility that one of them does decide to step up tonight I will use one, three, five, but okay, Ray, just tell me I'm tripling the cost. Yeah, you're tripling the ticket unnecessarily. Come on, Ed, well, also you're 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 not one to really try and go for prices. You're 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 just trying to get your fix so you can cash the ticket and move on. But astute gamblers like Mike and I, we're 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 looking at all the possibilities and we're trying to find where we might never be right, but just hope that luck makes us look right. Ray, Ray, March Madness is coming around the corner soon. The goal is survive in advance. Yeah, and, and you have December lunacy. <laughs> Mike, what are you using this race? I'm just too deep, but I feel that there are others that could win the race. Uh, Romantic Warrior, I think you have to use. Although, I, it's concerning that the 75-1 the to 1 went by. I mean, who, there's a lot of people that didn't really see that coming. Uh, the horse had a great trip in the race, too. really had no excuse. And still found a way to get beat. And if you look, there's 15 shares this year in 29 races. So the horse is always around it, but tends to kind of come up on the wrong end of some of those photos. And that's concerning, especially when I think the horse is going to be underlaid. Their figure is to be a pace in the race, like Ray said, with the one, with the five in there. And this horse is going to need to get a trip. Either I would imagine sitting behind those two and probably needs to make a Yannick early type move to win. So I'll use another one, and that's the nine. Uh, Elegant Dolphin. This horse I thought raced pretty well last time. Off the layoff, had missed a couple weeks and ended up qualifying in between. Uh, Just had recently got on Lasix. Ignore that break line. So really... If you look, this horse is just second time Lasix. Now, no wins this year, but lightly raced, has 18 lifetime wins. Back class, obviously has quirks, but could get a setup. If this horse stays flat, I like Zeron getting on. I would imagine that this he's going to try to work a trip with this horse. There's plenty of speed to chase. If this horse is right, really should be no excuse. So I'm 3-9 there. All right, I am currently trying to do some research on this because I meant to uh... – 
Yeah, I don't like the nine. Nine can beat. No, no, me. I'm just raising the nine because I was trying to figure out. So we've we've been going with Dullapin lately, and you know, obviously the the internationals, you never know. So here's the first hint that I've discovered. I'm gonna continue my research on this, by the way. In for at least according to preferred equine, and looking at the pedigree overseas, it looks like it is correctly elegant dual lupin. So it is D U space L U P I N is what the horse was overseas. So it looks like somewhere along the lines with the USDA that has gotten shoved together. So astute etymology. I know I'm going to give you Mr. Reason. Hatter. Nobody, so nobody, just, uh, just say the nine. How about it's the nine? You know, you know, come on, come on, Ray. Nobody cares. Start. We're already at 36 minutes. No, no, no. The horse's name would be elegant. Um, Come on, Ray. You're like me, announcer. We know we want to get this right. Fat. I don't wait. What? What's lupin in French? See, that's, I just thought it was like lipid. That's the next step. I'm gonna get an answer to this. But one three five for me. That's Ray four. Now we're seven hundred in the last five on the trot, which means. By the way, oh, I know. Sorry, I know one last thing. I was gonna say on that race. Yeah, you know, we discussed Romantic Warrior and how easily Hall it off went by last time. I mean, I know the chart's correct. And I'm sure the photo finishes correct. But was it really only ahead? I really thought it was more than that. It felt like he really easily just kind of powered past. No. He got there. Yeah. Anyway, race five. Nylander, let's not forget, Nylander romped by five lengths, and Romantic Warrior beat Nylander. Yeah. Race five, Pacers, Trackmaster, 70, 84 and a half, uh, which, as I've written down in my notes for whatever it is for people, listeners out there, if it's worth anything, purse wise and structure wise on the ladder, I like to consider this like nine winners of 12,500 ish, which a lot of these do come out of. Um, and with that in mind, uh, Mike, how will you close out the sequence? Well, the driver choices here, I think, make a big difference because if you watched the So Irresistible race last time, uh, the horse had plenty of trouble and really lacked room many places in the stretch and got beat an inch. Uh, but somehow Yannick now ends up on Jody here in the race. So I was very much waiting for that driver change to you know, kind of play itself out. And Jody has just been facing better horses uh, Lee Rose is an open mare, uh, races at the top level pretty much consistently, uh, and is very good on the smaller tracks, is racing very well at Yonkers. This horse shipped to Meadowlands on November the 26th and had a very wide trip as the favorite. Now, you, you lose Dexter, but you get Yannick here, and Yannick actually was listed on this horse. This horse has plenty of back class, made 150000 last year, likes to win, has to get a better trip than she did last time. And I think she probably ends up a little closer early and probably is going to be the one to beat. The only other horse I'll use, and uh, John Rollis liked this horse also, him and I talked about this race, is the two Love Me Hill. Uh, this horse is another that shipped over from Yonkers, was getting wide trips from off the pace, Got Dexter last time at a, a lower level and came flying at 19 to 1 to be third. Now you get an inside trip. I think it's one of those two. The fact that Dexter picked, you know, ends up on the two here. I know he didn't pick the the horse, but I, I like the fact that he's back on this one. I think it's the, the two or the four and the fifth. I do. I use both of them, but I also am willing to spread for some extra opportunity into the last leg because there 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 are there are certainly possibilities beyond the class of Jody and the heat of the Virgil Morgan Jr. barn. Uh I, I will also say so irresistible is one of those horses that always feels so irresistible, uh, but that she never wins. Great getting great getting second, great getting third, just for some reason is uh wind shy. Um but that that's a journey that she's going to have to settle deep within herself. Uh, for me, 
since I don't care about using Soy Resistible, I do use the two and the four. I am not opposed to using some of the other three-year-olds in this race. Sweet Charlie had a real nice race for Aethern uh, on the ninth against Nowers of 12,000 to finish fourth. Ha- shows the kind of form you need to compete with this group, whether she fits with this group fully or not. I... It's Matt Athern was 21 to one with a 27 and two final quarter. I think with that kind of speed at most, we're still going to get at least 10, 11 to one because, Oh, I mean, I'll give me some Athern love, baby all day, all night. If that's the case, I'm, I'm willing to see that boy in the winner's circle. Uh, Better's heart. I use also on the move up in class because I didn't think she could uncork the kind of race. She did first off a six scratch that race on the ninth was her first start. in what had be what four weeks. And before that, she was losing horses like Annabelle Hanover. Andra Day is okay. Annabelle Hanover is kind of better. Uh, look at my rap sheets and all right horse. And that was over at Harris, Philadelphia. So if she can race that well fresh, albeit against weaker, I I feel she can probably hold her own against a group like this second start out. And I also use the fresh horse to the Burke Barn on the far outside, uh, Shanghai Sealster, purely because if this horse, uh, first, it's not worth of 8,000 at Northfield. I get that. But if this horse, who also was a super final finalist, racing against Silver Label, Prohibition Legal, some all right horses at Mohawk, again, three-year-old, if she can clear the lead from post eight and go wire to wire at Northfield, even though she was odds on, so chances are she was the best horse in the race, that still holds to me that she has some kind of form that is that has a lot has room for improvement. It's a high ceiling, and she might still be a ways away from it. So she makes her first start in a month, which is a bit cumber is a bit worrying uh, but again she has the speed she can probably get into the race she's probably going to be an okay price be- from that outside post and off the time compared to horses like jody and such so i wouldn't be surprised if it was like shanghai sealster one and i want to have price opportunities like that on my ticket going into the payoff leg so i'm one two three four nine in the last okay well, uh, let's see. To finish out the selections, 3-4 for me here. Better is hard I like last week coming in, even off that six scratch. Got the job done. 9-2, to two, I thought. A great mutual on her. Moves back up the class ladder here. Give her another chance. And then the four, Jody. Yeah, I think Yannick just kind of maybe led the way here with his uh, three. He was listed on the four, the six, and the nine. He chooses the four. Uh, Jody, of course, we've seen this one um, in the past. Uh, she's got three wins so far this year. She had nine wins last year. Uh, was doing pretty well up there in Canada at one point last year. So uh, we'll go on and give her a chance, too. So just 3-4 for me here. And to close loopholes and everything we've been doing, first of all, Ray, if you're going to claim to be such a massive fan of the Atherns and you're going to use Sweet Charlie, don't you have to know correctly that it is Athern? Uh, Athern or not to Thern is the question that I was taught. Well, um, since, I, since I've asked them, since I've asked personally, because Matthew drove with us at Rosegrove for a while, a couple years ago, <laughs> I'm confident. Oh, okay. Now, this one I'm less confident on, but Google has led me correct way. So, Elegant Dolapin, I'll shut up after this mic, I promise, 30 seconds. <laughs> if you look at the damn, the damn there is De Lupin or whatever, like it's two words, and the damn's name translates to Gypsy Lupine. So, I guess it's just Elegant Lupine, well, period, because obviously the FR is just the French bread. Well, what you don't know is that the Lupines are a long-running dynasty inside of France who have, may, manufacture only the finest wines and the fact that you don't know that, Ed, is honestly, I, I think that's a judgment of your character. All right, so let, let's get back to gambling talk here. So, Mike, for our listeners out there, thoroughbred listeners, even the hardest players for that matter, you know, in theory, if you've got a big bankroll, I mean, realistically, how much money do you think you could be looking to put into this sequence tonight as we have it? 
Well, I mean, it's uh, what we talked about. There's going to be a positive EV uh, chance to make money here, and it's a wide-open sequence. Uh, I think big bankroll players will be playing, I mean, I would say hundreds and hundreds of dollars in this sequence. Mm -hmm. For me, uh, I'm typically a $50 to $100 a a race kind of guy. That's just where I live, Uh, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more. I would be willing to play several tickets in this sequence uh, trying to, you know, leverage a few opinions. I think that there are some horses that you can leverage in the race, like I, in, in the races. Like I, I will definitely have some tickets with Jody Singled. I will have some tickets with uh, Little Honey Badger, like, you know, whittled down a little bit. I, I just feel like that you want to do that. Give yourself the best chance to win. Just like any other pick five, the 20 cents helps a lot. And these, you know, you see, uh, if we can get a carryover in a 20 cent pick five at a harness track, you understand that these races lend themselves to prices. So when you have this kind of opportunity, I feel like that you should try to to, to maximize your chances to win. So, and I, and I will, I, I'll play probably a couple hundred dollars in the sequence. And that's, and that's not a bad approach because ultimately it, it all falls into the philosophy of where you think the strongest opinions rest and you have the money to leverage it, try and find those hinges for your ticket to then allow for room in other races where you might have, you might have end up having no idea when the race goes. But if you are able to spread in a race where you use horses, you might not necessarily like, but they offer great prices and they happen to win from whatever circumstances happen this time of year, you know, then you, then you have the option of, letting something you think has a high chance of winning, like me, Romantic Warrior, winning in the fourth, allow me to try and find other opportunities I might neglect if I'm fo- if I'm focusing on cut making the ticket cost X amount. Um, all right. So uh, tickets for this pick five sequence. Uh, and actually, I want to make a further point on discussing the gambling side of this. After, Ray, you give your tickets. So go on and go uh, okay. So um, everyone get their bingo cards out and fill them accordingly. Right, leg one is two, three, six, eight, ten. Two, three, six, eight, ten in leg one. Leg two, I use the two, eight, nine. Two, eight, nine in leg two. Leg three, I use one, two, four, eight. One, two, four, eight in leg three. Leg four, we single the three. Romantic warrior. No other horse will win that race. Mark my words. Fifth leg, race five, we use one, two, three, four, nine. One, two, three, four, nine, and leg five. That's $60 for 20 cents, and I will be betting that. So the point that I was going to make here is that, uh, Ray, your $60 ticket here gets you 18 horses because of your single. For me, alternatively, because I have no singles in there, I will use, well, I'll end up paying $43.20 to use 15 horses, but alternatively, if I threw a last horse in that last leg I was going to, I could be at like $65 with 16 horses. So it's just kind of gambling math to think about that. Obviously, you know, when you have a strong opinion, like you do in a leg by singling, you can obviously give yourself better coverage in these other legs. Whereas I'm kind of medium spread in all these races. and You're able to go five deep to both start it and finish it. So it's just kind of different ticket structures for listeners to think about. And um, yeah, last thing I have to say on the pool is what we said at the beginning to reiterate, because it's important. You are looking at about 300,000 that's fed into this pool on tomorrow on Friday night, probably. That will result in a 0% or darn close to a takeout, which, I mean, is not an opportunity you get very often. So, for sure, a fantastic wagering opportunity coming up this weekend here and a great sequence as well. I mean, you know, full credit to our race office at the uh, Meadowlands uh, Race Secretary, Scott Warren. I mean, this is just a fantastic 
fantastic sequence uh, Friday night that I think will probably have us mostly ripping out our hair and probably, you know, frustrated by the end of the night. But hopefully for some of us, I guess Ray is very confident it will be him. It will include counting some extra money at the end of the night. So, uh, Mike, what about you for ticket-wise? Okay, so this is the, the caveman version of this ticket. Again, probably be playing multiple tickets. Um, but uh, the first race, very wide open race. Um, there'll definitely be a few tickets that I take them all in this race. I feel no strong opinion, but for the purposes of this one, it will be three, four, five, six, eight. The second leg, I was three. Or I'm sorry. The second leg is five, eight, nine, ten. Uh, the third race, two, six, seven. The fourth race, the three, and then I will use the nine. Uh, and then the fifth race, uh, the two and the four, it's 48 for 20 cents. And again, uh, that's the caveman version. Definitely try to you know, play some different kind of tickets, and uh, I will slim down in a few of those legs. And that's different from the other caveman version, which is ooga, 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 with ooga, 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 ooga. Right. Yeah. $43.20 for me, two, three, seven, ten with two, five, eight with one, two, seven with one, three, five with three, four. And uh, again, like we said, I mean, you know, obviously we could have a discussion forever about A, B, and C tickets and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, for sure, there'll be several combinations I'm sure I'll play. And some will include, I think, for me, Bautista as a single there in that second leg and uh, probably a couple other combinations I'll try as well. I probably will use some with Romantic Warrior too, just on the assumption that. Those uh, two classier ones might not necessarily get it done tonight. So uh, there can be combinations you can play there. But either way, that was our look at Friday's card. Friday, December 16th. Ray, it all starts over Morrow at 6.20 p.m. See, if you're allowed to use penultimate, I'm allowed to use over Morrow. Oh, no, that's – what? <laughs> all right, Winston Churchill. No. Come on, this is a word. You can Google this, Ray. It is today, then it is tomorrow, and then it is over Morrow, the day after tomorrow. No, no, no. O- o- over Morrow is – that's like what – that's what a king says when he's about to invade. If we something. keep going like this, this will be over tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can never be because it is a noun over tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. See, there you go. Marion Webster Dictionary. It's no, that was a movie that was directed by the same guy that did The Day the Earth Stood Still. Um, he's done, he did Moonfall. That was a good movie. Saturday's racing action. Friday and Saturday this weekend at the Meadowlands races six and races ten. Both Friday and Saturday night, you have four fifty thousand dollar guaranteed pick four pools. But as Mike said, so this podcast doesn't go into overmorrow. We'll only discuss one more of them, and that will be that late pick four on Saturday night, which I just finished making morning lines for and discussing uh, or looking at the analysis for this afternoon. And it is a good looking sequence as well. And the thank you to YouTube for helping me out the twelfth race, which I think is a really tricky one that will get to of course but uh, we'll start with the 10th race again 50 cent base wager pick four races 10 through 13 this is now saturday december 17th card fifty thousand dollar guaranteed pool 15 percent takeout and race nine we got the classy my pal joe crunch time a has been a star since coming to uh, the states here and there's several others in there with chances as well so uh ray who do we like to start it off the structuring your ticket revolves around the question of how you feel about crunch time i sure he only won in 51 and 2 against the script but he did it so handily and it's also he's also coming off what it's gonna be two weeks rest he hasn't lost in the states and so you could reliably single on crunch time but if you don't feel that if you feel he can be beat you should not use him because he's pro- he deserves to be favored in this race. 
And so with that, don't kill the value of your tickets to spread and include him. Don't be like Ed and add an additional cost to your ticket. And instead, just take a stand if you feel that case. Me personally, I don't see how crunch time can lose. This is debatably the toughest group he's faced today. Fortify is an okay horse, but I find it interesting they've stuck him towards the smaller tracks instead of the bigger tracks because he can base with some of the best of them. Uh, Tito Rocks has been kept coming into form. The Claw surprised me with how handily he raced last week, but again, that wasn't really the best group with Big Sheik Magna finishing second. Uh, my pal Joe <laughs> is an enigma of enigmas, and I, I feel like there's a deeper bottom to the barrel of crunch time that we haven't really seen yet so in my mind just single crunch time move on ray i'm spending a whole four dollars in the sequence i'm taking your kind of a ticket structure on this one um mike what do you have for us um so this starts in race 10 i think you said race 9 but it's race 10 yeah he meant the nine crunch time he was so excited to bet crunch time yeah uh, I, I feel like this sequence definitely lends itself to a, a smaller ticket. Uh, I don't think Crunch Time will be this massive two to five favorite in here. He was six to five, a little over six to five last time, mm-hmm. and uh, now Brennan's on back on him. I do think he'll be bet, but he's not going to be an overwhelming favorite in here. I'll, I'll use two others: uh, the three covered bridge coming out of open handicaps from wide posts at Yonkers. Has speed, is racing well, likes to win. I think that he's a use, especially from this post. And then the five caliber, who had absolutely no chance last time, the way he was driven, uh, came flying off the last turn as the favorite and just couldn't you know, make up any ground. Um, I do think that he was well meant to back and just missed in a very fast mile. This barn seems to be sending out a lot of live horses. This horse is going to get lost and be a price. And if crunch time loses, I would expect that there's going to be a ton of pressure on him from others. It could set up for a closer. He's the one I want. So three, five, nine. Yeah, Mike. And I think might even help your price better on there. Obviously when we're discussing the Saturday card, we don't have final driver changes yet until we're recording this Wednesday. It'll be Thursday morning. So I've kind of, um, admittedly, I'm trying to figure out what exactly my logic was this afternoon, but I've got David Miller taking Rockapello over Caliber. So if that's the case, I think that further approved your price on him, Mike. Um, but for me, I'll go too deep. Cover bridge, crunch time. Cover bridge, I mean, those opens over at Yonkers, pacing the lights of Leonidas. Heck, he was favored against Leonidas. Uh, or he was taking 9-5 to action against Leonidas just four starts ago, who is, of course, I personally have a high opinion of. I guess who knows what he would be in this field. But Yeah, I wonder why that is, too. <laughs> Crunch time, though, the Australian champion. we got to use him. He's uh, looking for four wins here in a row in North America. He's been super impressive since coming over. He had a pretty good time of it down in Australia as well, down under. So uh, he just continues to roll. But I'm with you, Mike. I don't think he's any overwhelming favorite here, um, especially with George Brennan, who's going to be listed here. Dexter Dunn won't have a choice. Uh, he is listed on the one fortified. So I think that might distribute a little bit of the money there. And that those are the two that I've got as the uh, theoretical first and second choices once we see some choices tomorrow but um yeah so i'll go three nine cover bridge crunch time for me as we go to race 11 a track master 83 or less as of december the 13th they're on the pace ray who do we use i am four deep here there are a ton of horses i can't use you could argue for a personal vendetta reasons um but i i firmly believe that in my vendettas i am correct so i I'm going to take that risk. I'm not a big fan of like clockwork in this spot. Game of Change, Mike watched that race too. I, how did Game of Change lose last week? He just was no good. Yeah, that's that's I mean, just no good. And, and to think that he can come back and 180 from the mile he put in there, tough to say. I mean, he was uh, 54 and two half last week. To be fair, 
okay, and this horse was supposed to be able to handle that. I mean, and he, he did. He was five to one. He left from post eight outside. I don't know. This is all to say I'm using him, but whatever. Okay. This horse went fifty-five and one on November twenty-fifth and held on. He's supposed to be able to finish that mile, but I I uh, set that aside. I didn't want to just single the ten knock ten, who's genuinely like one of the only horses I like in this race, just because. Sure, that last line is flashy, where he came up in twenty-seven and one. Lost a Truffle Dog, who's not a horse I really hold to in too high regard that race though against three in heaven on december 2nd that's a good race and but again i i don't think singling a horse from the 10 in this spot is necessarily a a good decision especially since the inside three are also valid contenders good rocking when this horse draws well and towards the inside always involved post three two starts back finish second uh post nine four starts back not the 10 and the horse won the race so anytime this horse is outside of post 10 I'm in, and I mean, one is very close to 10 in terms of it's just missing a zero, uh, but I, I I think we'll be able to skate through that. Paternity suit also makes sense. This is a hard-trying horse. His one thing he has to figure out is how to put himself in front of the other horses. I don't know why Highballer was such a big favorite, and Rock-Eyed Optimist finally decided he wanted to put his head back in the game. So with those two out of the mix here, Paternity suit fits and really now is a make or break kind of scenario of whether he's going to learn the lesson of winning a race. And Texas Mickey is one that I use purely because it's he's probably going to sit close. And I like a lot of horses that come from decently off the speed, but they are all horses that also can come can finish short because they're too far back. So Texas Mickey in my mind is the mo- is the most viable of the horses that will likely be close and potentially will be able to finish with some kind of strength. Even though he came home in 30 and 2 to win on November 25th, won an okay race against Boiling Horn, let's go to Brazil last out. And like I said, most of these other horses I who are likely going to sit close, I can't see them really holding their speed to the finish. So Texas Mickey kind of is my positional hedge in this way. One, two, three, ten. Ray, if you almost single the ten, I'm just curious, what price do you expect on knock ten? Uh I don't know, maybe fifteen to one. This is a case of I don't like a lot of these horses Ed. He's the only horse to me that if I was betting this race purely to win, I'd probably just bet that horse. Okay, fifteen to one's a morning line, so that's what I want to make sure we're on the same page for. So okay. Um, Doesn't mean the horse can lose you know, your morning line isn't indicative of who's going to win the race. It's not, but if you're that confident on it, I usually don't hear anyone singling. Like, let me single one of the longest shots on the board. I screw it. We're singling the ten. I don't care anymore. We're singling him. (laughs) Mike, what about you for this race? I'm a lot more simple, and I will be a lot less long-winded. Uh, <laughs> I use the two inside horses. Uh, the one good rockin' who does race much better from inside posts from that Maria Alvarez barn, who, again, is sending out live horses. Uh, that two-back line fits very well versus this. The four-back line, again, fits very well. Has a big kick. I think gets a setup. I do like that one. Uh, and then paternity suits. Those last three are just decent races. Lost a highballer twice. Highballer apparently was the least uh, best kept secret last week when somehow six to five versus yeah. those horses off a ten to one morning line, and he didn't look six to five in the race, but he certainly won like a six to five shot. Have been a little bit high, but I'm glad we're on the same page. And I, I did not see that. Maybe six to one morning line. Yeah, I wasn't a fan, and he wasn't going to be that. That was one of those they knew races. Yeah, and yep, they that's definitely what I knew to tell myself. <laughs> So this horse raced well in that race, and another one that gets a, a decent inside post. I just don't trust the rest of them, and I, I really, I'm sure a game of change could win if he 
comes back to some of those the two and three back lines. But last time was really just that was just a stinker for me. Uh, no thanks on him. I Ray knocked ten. Really, I do not think has any chance to win this race. The, the horse at least shows horse. If you look though, this horse again, another Mohawk type horse. Usually raced well when he got up close. I don't know how he's getting up close from this post. If you look at him from outside post, he tends not to do very well. So no, thank you. I'll just do one two. Ray, he was seventy-one to one at this level from a post-five perfect middle pack draw. Yeah, you saw Luke Anders took initiative on that little bugger, didn't he? He tried his heart out, and this horse was second to Revolver, who went a massive mile out of nowhere. But he's Couple post-five. What's he gonna do in post-ten tonight? I, I look when the inside horses I can't trust, and on top of that, he was eighth at the quarter, second to last. He still finished fourth. Come on. With, with the form of this field, that's good value. I'm willing to take a chance on that. Okay, well, 1-6 for me. Paternity suit I've been chasing for a while. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess the form hasn't been bad, but I, I just feel like for the time being, I've seen enough, which is probably why he wins. This is but a better spot, though. Game of change, good rocking. Good rocking is really the one I'm intrigued by here, though. As we discussed, you know, post-10 last time, eh, throw it out. You know, two-back, four-back, Mike, like you said, th- those are both very good races relative to this group, so... Hopefully that's a good rock and it shows up here. But, uh, yeah, game of change, I'm willing to be a little bit more forgiving, too, than you two are here. So 1-6 for me as we go to a race 12, which is a race we've already discussed a little bit today. Got a little bit of morning line help from you two. And, um, yeah, I guess we're in agreement the 8 Flying Art A is the one they might be coming for here, coming off of that good qualifier here at the Meadowlands. But I, I just wasn't impressed with the Philly effort last time out personally, so I'm willing to take a stand against him here. But, uh, Mike, what about you? Uh, I'm oh, I'm definitely using. I, I feel like if you go with the, the horse needed that race uh, and did show ability on that qualifier, gets back to the big track here. Uh, now, second time Lasix. I, I feel like that this is sort of the spot that they want to be in. If they, especially if they're, then the horse was even there. I mean, yeah, he wasn't impressive, but they, he, they did. The horse did take money. This isn't exactly a stellar group that he has to face here. So if he's anything at all, I do think that he's going to be very tough. The only other horse I'll use is the one sports advisor racing in those tough three and four year old 40 claimers at Yonkers from outside post. Now you get an inside post, you get Scott Zeron. This horse does have some quirks. Uh, Another horse that was racing at Woodbine and has some talent, has some ability from off the pace, should get a much better setup and back to the big track. So give me the one in the eight and race 12. I'll take oh. the eight. I don't want the one. You you can have you can have the one, but I'll okay. trade you the one if you give me the two. You can have the two. Okay, thank you. This is a spot jumping Jake really exceeds in because I I remember there was a race. I think it was last year where he had no right to win and it, the race did not set up for him whatsoever. Yeah. And then he just bursted from the cloud. I remember too, cause I think I had to pick five live and the horse I needed was on the lead. And then jumping Jake said, you don't get to cash as he went right on by me. Uh, so I don't forget that race for a reason. And on top of that, I see how this horse has been racing at Freehold. I see this horse uh, was drawn in a bad spot on the 18th. I forgive that race. He's been racing well on the smaller tracks. Now he comes back to his track, gets a good draw in a group that is, I mean, it, it has some it has some gaps where he might be able to slip through the cracks. And like, like I said, all this also revolves around the eight just not being stellar second start here in the in north america if he can just improve a decent amount off of that race at harris philly because like it's it's tough to take any of these other horses in this race just also trying to figure out what prices they're going to be at all of these horses feel like they're going to be at a price that's too low for me except for those two 
once again, right, we're going to play the same game as the last race. What price are you expecting with Jumping Jake? You've already seen this morning lines. We discussed this today. What do you expect? Yeah, but I don't remember what you put him at. I just remember kind of telling you where you were wrong. Um, what, do you, what do you have him at? Six to one? Higher than that. Ten to one? Yeah. All right. Let's take it. We'll take it. Well, you know, I guess I, you know your money's not the money I should be worried about because your, your your money doesn't really move morning lines too much. The, the good old Reagan total two dollar win bet. So no, you see, but you see, remember, Ed, this is a paramutual game. The goal is for me to take all of your money, <laughs> and not for you to take all of my money. So I have to stay sharp. Well, you, you well, Ray, you're going to lose money in this race because you both are ignoring. No, no I won't. Horse of the race, the no. Brigadoon. Come on, oh, that try last time out. Assuming Dexter Dunn stays here, which I think he sh will. So, assuming Dexter stays here, what's wrong with that race? Took him right to the lead. Trackmaster 74s goes right down the road, wins impressively. Now moves up the step ladder for Edwin Cuvedo. Five wins this year, five last year. They many of them been at the Meadowlands. He does well over this track. What's wrong with him in this spot? So I give me Brady Dune too. Sports Advisor's the other one I want in the class drop. But I'm kind of like you, Ray. A lot of this is going to center around Flying Art still not quite being there coming in from a down under. So one three. Well, and that's the thing. I can't take Brigadoon because I like Flying Art. If I didn't like Flying Art, I could see taking Brigadoon. Well, we will go to race 13. That is the payoff leg. I've got a single here, 905,000 in the last five on the pace. But, Ray, what do you have? No, 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 no. Don't throw it. What? Who could you single here? Let's hear what you like first. Go for no, it. No, 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 no. That's – I don't have a single, okay? I do. What? Oh. Well, Ray, who who is this consensus pick? Ray, you claim you know me so well, so who am I singling then? I don't have the morning line in front of me, so I can't tell who's going to be the one to five favorite. That's why there's a one to five favorite in this race. Actually, I think I think Mike and I might have different singles. All right, Mike, go to you first. What do we got? I think you can single the six, saying Grace. Uh, I do too. I do too. Yeah. So uh, this is a huge drop and uh, tough trips, uh, better post. Dexter should land here, I would think. Um, I think that uh, this horse is going to make an early move and be very tough in here. I agree with that as well. That, that was my single too. And uh, actually, I, right now, you know what? I might just sleep on that one, especially if you're agreeing. I, I got him as the second choice in the line. I thought Southport Beach might take some money off of that last line, given where he was right at this level last time out. But uh, yeah, saying Grace is the single for me. Uh, Ray, there you well, go. You got to make you need. Like, I, I, I get saying Grace. I that, that race is weird to me because Revolver went 26 seconds home. I don't know a universe where Revolver goes that fast home, so my guess is they had some kind of wind on their back or something. So I don't. It's tough for me to evaluate the strength of that effort, especially this horse taking back to last. And maybe maybe he just quarter moves to the lead and then puts them all behind. That, that very well possible that he does that. I you know I I don't I don't trust that enough to just have him be the only one I take. I kind of like dance it out. Who's also dropping in class? This horse has been put into tough spots before, but then has a real sneaky line at Pocono on November 1st where it was just sent to the lead and went coast to coast beating a horse I really like, Knock 10. See, this is the beat Knock 10 angle you guys are totally neglecting because Knock 10 is going to crush I mean, at Ray, 30 to 1 in that. You're legitimately correct. You're going to be on pace for about a $6,000, $7,000. Knock 10 has never crushed anything but grass. But that point aside, I, you know, I, I'm looking for horses that fit in this class and saying Grace is a horse that has had every opportunity to win time and time and time again and always just find something to go wrong. So in that, 13 wins in two years. 
Yeah, and, and what? Sixty-eight starts. This oh, horse wins a source wins ten percent of the run. The rest of them, you probably can't get thirty wins from the rest of the damn horses. The seven has five wins from thirty starts. That's a that's a what a oh, it's about the same percentage. Uh, no, nah, <laughs> my point my point is I've seen saying Grace race time and time again, and has been in spots where I thought the horse stood a chance, and the horse just falls. The horse races flat for some reason. So, with that in mind. I'm not going to entrust my payoff leg of the ticket to him. I could see the one. Uh, the five is interesting because maybe this horse is okay off a of six scratch. Though Blumenfeld horses don't really perform off six scratches like that. Uh, the eight is also intriguing just coming from Saratoga. Reg's uh, picking, Ray's picking all the 75 to ones in the race. The one, <laughs> the five. You know what? You've done it the whole sequence, Mike. And look, let's be real though. This is gambling and we see pick fours, pick five, pay $10,000. So you know what? I won't knock it yet. Now when it's Saturday at like midnight and the sequence is over, then I will knock it. <laughs> all, all of this to say, if you want, if you want me to give you numbers, I'm going one, six, Nine ten probably in this race. That is legitimately the three longest shots in the morning line plus the six. <laughs> Which again, I'm not knocking it till it doesn't hit. Because let's be real, we we have seen tickets pay ten thousand dollars, and Mike, I mean Ray could be sitting over there with ten thousand dollars on Saturday night. We have nothing. I would, I would I mean, read it home absolutely, and that is gambling. So you know, we, we give Ray credit for taking shots here, and uh, but nonetheless, you and I both like saying race on them. Doesn't that make him the favorite of our Southport feature? Maybe I don't know. He was six to one against. Two class higher than this. I thought that the truffle dog that they liked, you know, two last time out at Southport Beach. I don't know. We we talk about that later. But uh, either way, this sequence, uh, Mike, let you go first this time. What do we have for a ticket? Uh, just twelve bucks. Uh, three, five, nine with one, two with one, eight with six. Uh, twelve bucks for a dollar. Six dollars for fifty cents if you play that way. Three nine with one six with one three with six for me. Just a four dollar investment. This is the kind of sequence that I, I think I'm just going to take a big base amount and play that combination several times. But uh, Ray Catolo seems to have some kind of spread ticket for us here, going for the uh, Grand Slam uh, payout. Oh uh, hell yeah! I, now I know I said one. Okay, so for you betters out there who don't have the balls I do to, or the guts, the confidence to single knock ten, like I am now going to do out of spite in the second leg. This is your ticket. Nine with one, two, three, ten with two, eight with one, six, nine, ten. That's 16 bucks, I believe, for 50 cents. The cojones combination is nine with ten with two, eight with one, six, nine, ten. That's four dollars. I mean, honestly, if you're going to go nine with ten and that thing's alive, you may as well just go all, all and call it, you know, fifty dollars and call no, it. Like- no, no. Because, Ed, when you can handicap races like I can. You don't need for luck to carry you home. You can sniper shot. Mike, we're going to be sitting there in that group chat with Ray on Saturday night with the standard, oh, no, a three or four. Oh, I should have gone deeper in the last. No, no, because this is a positive yeah, EV play, Ed. When you, when you are playing for positive EV, you can't be disappointed when you miss something. Well, let's look then at the Saturday night. So, again, Friday, Saturday racing this weekend at the Meadowlands. Friday, the 16th. $47,000 plus in that uh, pick five carryover. Of course, guaranteed pick fours both nights, Friday and Saturday, when races six and 10 for the early and the late pick fours. And uh, that will just about wrap up the show we have here. Uh, we'll be back with one last Meadowland show here in 2022. That will be for New Year's Eve racing, December 31st, which is actually the next time we'll race at the Meadowlands. will be that weekend. So no live racing December 23rd or 24th at the Meadowlands. We'll be back December 30th and 31st at the Meadowlands for Racing. 
And then just a preview for those looking for the Mohawk show coming out tomorrow, which will be once again hosted by Mike Probosi tomorrow night for Mohawk. We'll have three shows left for them this year. We'll have Mohawk Saturday the 17th. We'll have Mohawk Sunday the 26th, that special 1 p.m. Boxing Day program. And then also New Year's Eve racing for them on Saturday the 31st. That'll round out our 2022. And, of course, we'll look forward to plenty more things to come in 2023. But for this show, uh, as always, I thank my panelists. Uh, Mike, thank you much, as always, for joining. And thank you for once again hosting Mohawk tomorrow night. Anytime. NahuPicks.com. Check that out. I'm also doing picks for Ontario Racing. I'm all over the place. And Ray Catolo, uh, yeah, whatever. I, by the way, Ray, I, look, I'll be honest. Last Saturday, like, you know, I was in North Carolina and Florida and Kentucky and Arizona and everywhere in the universe. Uh-huh. I did not get a chance to watch the Hong Kong stream. How was it? Oh, uh, it, you know, we, Ed and I had fun. We, there was a, there was a slice of pizza, a, uh, there was a reference to the queen. Uh, it was a good time. Did, how about the money making? Did we make any money? Oh, I did. Okay. No, not, not on betting though. Well, that uh, rest- <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, I blame Godolphin on that because after Godolphin stole from me in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint with when I had a Carl Burke horse that was go- hands down the best horse in the race. When they stole that from me, I said, "All right, Godolphin, you win." And you know what they did? They finished second. So on. All, all, all frustration can be directed at Sheikh Mohammed. However, you want to so do that, <laughs> be my guest. All right. The last plug I have is for my tracks up in New Jersey and down here in Maryland too. Uh, let's see. So, Ro- so let's see. I keep forgetting because Mike's gonna be hosting Mohawk tomorrow, so I won't be back until I guess like December twenty fourth to host uh, Boxing Day Mohawk program. So, plugs for me tomorrow night, Thursday evening at Rosecroft Raceway, we have the Freehold versus Rosecroft Driver Challenge uh, from Rosecroft Raceway. It'll be Russell Foster, Eric Davis, Trey Porter, and um, Declan Donaway from Freehold, Jonathan Ali, Vinny Ginsburg, Tyler Miller, and Eric Abatello. Eight races, four at Rosecroft on Thursday, four at Freehold on Saturday. A point system, um, very similar, honestly, to the Canadian National Driving Championship for uh Points awarded for the finishers for each of their positions. Whoever has most points at the end, there is a $1,000 waiting for them, as well as money for all the rest of the participants for participating. Toys for Tots drive at at Rosecroft tomorrow night, as well as Saturday at Freehold. And there will also be bike races and bouncy reindeer races and antler toss games that drivers will get to participate in. So, And then we will donate all of those items associated with the two of the Toys for Tots as well. So great initiative between Rosecroft and Freehold coming up this weekend. I will be on site at Rosecroft tomorrow night to help with Pete Methurst with the simulcast feed, do some interviews. We'll get some of the guys there. And on Saturday, it will be John Piasek on the mic at Freehold. I'll be in Florida, so he will go on and take out the rest of the way through the driver challenge. And I believe it'll be after the 10th race at Freehold on Saturday that they will award some checks and presentations in the winner's circle. And this is hopefully the first of many times we'll be able to do this Freehold Rosecroft driver challenge. Exciting initiative we look forward to this weekend. And next Thursday is closing night at Rosecroft Raceway. I will be back down there that night. And just a fair warning for those listening out there, I have three programs signed by all the drivers of the Potomac Pace 2022. And we will have some form of aid on track and a social media contest to uh, win one of those signed programs for Pete Medhurst and I. So keep a lookout for that. And again, do note this year we've decided that two of those programs will be going to our on-track patrons that night. One will go out to Simulcast Land, so that's an extra initiative to get there on track if you uh, are in the area. All right, that's the final plugs for me, and with that, we will go and wrap this show up. And, uh, well, Mike Bose will talk to you tomorrow afternoon. 
for the Woodbine Mohawk Show this week. I'll talk to you again next week for the Boxing Day Mohawk Show. But with that, racing fans, we wish you the best of luck this weekend. Wait, no one wants to know when they'll talk to me again? Oh, okay. And hope all your wagers are winning ones. And remember, you only have to listen to Reagan Tola one more time this year, New Year's Eve at the Meadowlands. Hey, but the Harness Land comes back next year. <laughs>